All right. I want to welcome everybody to the Today Man episode 77, The Marriage Revolution, an interview with Chris Borghese. Uh, I'm pretty excited for this one. Chris and I have been talking a little bit back and forth. And, and he's got a mission, and you can hear it from both he and his wife. And uh, I was ecstatic that he wanted to be on here. So, so Chris, obviously nobody else really knows you, or maybe some do, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your background, your business. Yeah. Well, first, uh, Michael, thanks for having me. I know you're crushing it. It's a great podcast. And I just, I'm thankful you actually thought about me and, and uh, I fit into your avatar. And I really want to give a lot of value to your audience and to you today. So um, a little bit about me. So I was born in Columbus, Ohio. I'm a Buckeye. I um, basically went to um, Ohio State and then uh, had a, an encounter with God when I was 24. And um, I, had a, I had a little weakness, and that was with women. <laughs> and when, uh, when that happened, I, I was engaged to be married. And when that happened, I was depressed. I was just like wanting to like end it. I didn't, didn't have the guts to end it, but I did or didn't want I wanted to, but didn't. And so um, when I was 24, I had a, uh, an encounter with God that um, was just life-changing. It's, um, you know, just the difference between my life before and after. The people who I used to work with were just like, this is a very radically different person. There is something about this. So um, I was known as the, the Bible junkie. I went off to seminary, uh, got seminary trained, uh, met my wife. And uh, while I was there, and uh, so I uh, was going, I was in a pastorate for about six, nine months, and I decided, you know what, I want to go outside the walls of the church. I have an evangelistic heart. I really, I really want to share the love of, of God to others who don't have, didn't have the same opportunity that I had. And so um, we went into corporate America, and I uh, worked and worked my way up, worked my way up the, with the, a Fortune Top 13 company. And um, uh, at the end of 2015, that ended. So I, uh, after that, it was kind of like, well, what's next? What's next, Lord? And so my son and I developed a, a company called uh, Funnel Flyers. And uh, there we help websites and we do websites and funnels, sales funnels for, for companies. But uh, it was really his, uh, he was younger and he really needed to, something to, to go to. So, mm -hmm. uh, so that's what we did that. And out of that, uh, because that is so successful for him, I decided to step away from that. And my wife and I created this marriage revolution because at the core uh, of this is that I, I'm a real people person. And uh, let me tell you a quick story. There was a, I was interviewing with a uh, company in St. Louis, Missouri, and I met this guy or gal who, who her husband was a, a high executive with a very large company that I could name. And uh, he, he basically got really, he was really nervous, he was really anxious about his life, about what's gonna happen. So he got hooked on cocaine. And at 55, he got hooked, but at the time he was 60, he overdosed. And this lady who was telling me at the airport was telling me the story, and I was like, wow, what would lead a person to all of the different um, scenarios in a life where they would just want to give up. I want to help those types of people going forward. So at that moment, I got introduced to, I realized that that was my calling. My calling is people. 
And that's why we created the marriage revolution because of the fact that I'm Tar and I are both people oriented. And we happen to have the um, good fortune to be able to meet a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Robert Rome. He was, um, an, he's an expert in the disc model of human behavior. Okay. And at that time, if you, uh, do you know him, Michael? Ever heard I of don't know. I don't know him, but I know I I'm familiar with disc. Yeah. And so he actually trained Zig Ziglar and he trained uh, John Maxwell on all this. He's been in the space, written two books. He took a liking to me and we, and he became my mentor. So I've been learning disc uh, fervently and I become uh, uh, certified to train it and all of that. So he took me under his wing. So because of my corporate background, and uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take this to businesses. I'm going to help them be able to um, grow and expand and have good teams, functional teams. And, but then the Lord said, no. He stopped me and Tar dead in our tracks. And he said, no, I want you to work on marriages. And here is the defining moment for me. I was talking to some ladies about and some couples about what I was doing with this and so forth. And uh, they started telling me about their marriage. And I had a gal who grabbed me by my arm and said, Chris, for the love of God, do not tell my husband what I just told you or it's going to be really difficult. And I thought, wow, there is a deep seated pain here. So there's not only the stats of one of every two marriages end in divorce. There's a lot of people, a lot of women, a lot of men possibly too, who are in a marriage that they just don't like. So that's why we created the marriage revolution. We, uh, what Dr. Rome has done is taking the disc and brought it down to the marriage level. And so we help couples uh, survive and thrive right now in marriages. Mm -hmm. So obviously, well, you know, it's interesting you say that. So the stats, unlike what a lot of people think, the stats for Christian, or, or let's just say faith-based for, for this matter, faith-based and non-faith-based are almost identical. So yeah. a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, marriages are better in the church. No, marriages are not better in the church. Marriages are suffering in the church just as much as they're suffering in the world. Yeah. And and I think it's great that you went the way of marriage. My wife and I, you know, we've counseled many couples and we've used, uh, you know, many different, we've used love languages. We've used uh, the flag page. We've used uh, disc. We've used, uh, you know, we've, we've used all of those and they're all great tools and they're necessary to help people understand who they are anymore. So, so that's yeah. awesome. So now you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, you went to a pastoral college, right? Yes. I went to a great seminary in Winona Lake, Indiana. But you did not become a pastor. Well, I was a pastor for about six, seven months. And I, yeah, I decided to move myself out. Now, I got ordained, uh, but I decided to go into corporate America. Right. Yeah, sure. Now, what prompted that move? Well, I just wanted to be able to share my faith and uh, with others uh, who may not have the same opportunities that I have had. Now, I found that when I was in the church, and it was awesome. It was a great experience. But most obviously, they were already faith-based. And I just felt a hunger to be able to get out and bring that message to the world and to be a light in the darkness. Not to say you can't within the church, but just for my calling, I felt like this was just something I wanted to get out and um, tell people about the love of Jesus. No, absolutely. I think that's awesome. 
um, I think a lot of people, or I think a lot of Christian men especially, are afraid to do things like that because of what it means for them overall. What it, you know, I mean, you yeah. know, you look in Scripture, David and Paul and those guys, they never had an, a problem identifying who they were. But men these days within the church, they have tremendous problems identifying who they were. Whereas mm-hmm. you wanted to be a pastor, became a pastor, and decided uh, this does not feed me the way I need to be fed. <clears throat> and not not knocking not knocking ministers or pastors or, or priests it's not for everybody and right. you went where it was so so i bring this up only because i try to boy it's hard to hard to really put my well if i'm just going to say it guys they get wimpy and they don't want to step into a, a business type area when what would the world look like what would government look like if mm. genuine, genuine, there it is. Everybody hear me? Genuine mm. faith-based men occupied uh, council member positions, governor positions, you know, all the way up. And what would it look like if you had more faith-based men in corporate America, more faith-based, genuine men, you know, doing business? The U.S. wouldn't look the way it does now. And there would, you wouldn't have to vote on the lesser two evils, but I digress a little bit. So, so was it hard then to blend your, your business side with your, your faith-based size or, or was it pretty, or was it pretty seamless? It was pretty seamless for me because the fact that uh, I knew that these are the folks, this is my tribe, right? And I knew who I was. And so I would just show up powerfully and I wasn't going to allow their lifestyle be able to impact me. I was going to be the light in the darkness. But I would, would saying that, I'm going to tell you that it's being able to adapt. You know, it talks about Paul was all things to all men. Mm-hmm. And so being able to talk their lingo and talk to people where they are at and to love people where they are at. So many Christian men, they want to, you know, there's always such a rules and regulations and, and um, certainly I'm not saying that to give a license to do anything you want, but to be able to relate to people, you have to go to them. It's just like with Jesus. He hung out with the tax collectors and the publicans and all of those. And he felt he he didn't come for the uh, sick or he came for the sick. He doesn't come for the religious. And so (laughs) that's really where, um, where I like, where I thrive. And um, in fact, with the marriage revolution, the reason why I like it so well is that we at the the first part of it is actually really for any type of faith as long as you believe in God you know I have a thing that God tells you who you are and the dispersonality will tell you how that's expressed mm-hmm. and as men how we respond is everything just like in a corporate world when people are doing things that that aren't like what we would say Christian how you respond is everything yeah. to those folks, to be able to bring them in, to, to show them the love, to show them if we judge them, if we condemn them, if we show that, hey, I just don't, can't relate to you, then they're going to get a view of the church that, and of Christianity that, that I didn't feel comfortable with. So I, I just have the ability to meet people where they're at and just to love them. My role is not to change people. My role is to love people and that's where, no matter where they are. Right. No, that's excellent. 
So, so how long have you been doing uh, the marriage revolution at this point? Uh, about a, about seven months now. Seven it's starting to get born in the beginning of this beginning of the beginning of the year, and then uh, we really took off with it about March or so. And how's and, it doing uh, so far? Yeah, we're doing well. We had a um, we took we're developing a course, and we took uh, ten couples through it, and it's crazy. We had the multiple. Um, the great testimonials we've had, three of the 10 couples actually told us that if not for this information, that we would have divorced already. Wow. So we knew, uh, and everyone had like a massive shift breakthrough in their marriage after like one or two sessions. It doesn't take a, it takes about uh, four weeks. We do live coaching. We do couples coaching. We're also developing a course, not ready just yet, but we want to do a litmus test to see, you know, just what were the results once we, once we take this curriculum. And I have the curriculum. Um, this is the information that Dr. Rome, it talks to you, it takes the disc profile and it uh, brings it down to the level, like, how do you relate? Uh-huh. How do you trust at the marriage level? How do you spend money? How do you communicate? How do you um, make decisions all at the marriage level? And that is what where people get to break through and uh, why, that, why we call it the revolution. But I can tell you that um, it was not always this way. <laughs> um, about 10 years into our marriage uh, with Tara and I, I um, like I said, I was in corporate America. I was uh, working a lot. I was traveling a lot. Um, we had a vision, and that vision was for Tara to stay home and, and raise the kids, and I was going to go to corporate America. And, work my way up and earn enough income so we can all, so we can complete that vision. So our mission was her staying home and me going to work. Cool. Well, I got a little bit complacent in my marriage. I got a little uh, comfortable with the fact that Tara said I do 10 years ago. And that is, is that sealed. It. We went to church we prayed, we had Bible studies, um, all of the things that quote-unquote normal Christians would, would say is good, but this guy became complacent. And what I mean by that, we have a saying that Chris fell asleep at the wheel and Tara almost drove us off a cliff. <laughs> and the reason why I say that and the reason why I relate to your, to your um, podcast is that I was in sedation mode. Uh-huh. I was comfortable. I was complacent. I wasn't doing the things necessary that that I did when I was courting my wife to show her that love, to show her that affection. I wasn't doing those things. I wasn't dying, valuing her. I wasn't telling her how special she was. All of those things that men need to do to emotionally connect to their wives. Yeah. And I fell asleep. And out of that, the devil came in, he came in and tried to split us up through another man. Another man came in to tell Tara how wonderful she was, how interesting she was, how exciting she was, how smart she was. So while I was traveling, this gentleman came in and he bought passports. He had um, uh, airline tickets. He was going to take my wife. And they were going to live a life outside of the family and relationship that we were building after 10 years. 
Now, thankfully, my wife said, whoa, this is a little bit much. Before it got physical, before anything happened, she told me what was going on. So she had an emotional fear. But I can conversely say I was equally at fault at this, at this situation because I wasn't giving her what she needed. Mm-hmm. So my warning to your listeners, my warning to your men out there who could fall into this, to the sedation that I did, it can happen to anyone. You're talking to a former pastor. You're talking to someone who led Bible studies. It happens because he, he blinds people. He blinds couples because he wants to seek, kill, and destroy. And he can get, if he can get the couples, you know, separated. Because we believe at the marriage revolution that God, God created, obviously, man, woman, and then marriage. It's the foundation of society. If he can attack that, then he can attack families. And then he's going to impact societies and corporations and businesses and churches. It all starts at the foundation of the marriage, which is why we went from the businesses down to the marriage because the Lord basically said, hey, look, I want you to go after the very thing that Satan tried to separate. I want you to go out. I want you to help marriages become secure, be able to communicate, to give them the warning signs, to be able to, to restore marriages. Because if we can restore marriages in a family, then we can impact the community. Impact the community, then we can impact the city. Impact the city, impact the state, and so forth. So that's our mission. We call it, um, we are missionaries for marriages. <laughs> I like that. So. Yeah. So have you ever worked with, uh, in, in your, your dealings with married folk, have you worked with any mixed families, blended families? Uh, blended families? Oh, absolutely. We have part, we have some of those who actually have taken the marriage revolution and, um, we absolutely, cause, cause really that's, that's what's happening in society. There's so many blended societies yep. for family. And that's, that's where the grace that God has given me is to be able to, you know what? It's Okay. We've, we've all, you know, taken our different journeys, different paths, but now we're back on it. And there's no condemnation. Yeah, back to Romans 8.1, no condemnation yep. for those who ask Jesus. So, so yeah, absolutely, we, um, we have that. Yeah, because that is, and the reason I bring that up is because we're, my wife and I are a mixed family, but that's becoming the new norm. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, my, most people, when they ask my wife and I how long we've been married, we've been married 24 years and, and that is just, that's astounding to people. Yeah. How long, how long? And you guys still like each other? Yeah. We're still best. <laughs> we're still best friends. Cause we worked on it from day one. Yeah. But, so since we're talking to men here, what would you say some of the more common since you've worked with so many couples now, what would you say some of the more common mistakes are that men make? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. Cause I have talked, cause I, cause after that, um, we call it bump in the road at 10 years. So Tara and I have been married 27. We uh, we went after, um, we went the counselors. We invested in in conferences. We did everything we could because we knew we had to make a decision. Were we going to let this die and just go our separate ways, or are we going to work on this? Sort of like what you do. You decided to work on it, and that's what we did at year 10. So we've been teaching things like this for about 17 years now. Um, and the main thing that I see 
within men, there, there, are, there are a few. The first one is a communication. You know, as guys, we, we like, I like to say we like to hunt and grunt. <laughs> we're, not, we're not very good at being able to communicate at a level with our women, with our ladies, mm -hmm. to be able to sustain a connection with them. And because women want to connect, they want to talk, they want to express themselves. And most men say, well, you know what? This is who you, this is who I am. You're going to have to deal with it. But really, and the thing is, and most men feel like they have to lose themselves. They have to become a woman in order to <laughs> communicate effectively with their gal. Yep. And I'm here to tell you that is absolutely a lie. And, uh, and it's really a cop-out. I'll be straight up with the men. It's a cop-out because it's a skill set. It's a skill set to be able to understand how your wife was wired and to be able to how, how you is wired, how you are wired. And then, and then the, the ability to say, okay, I'm going to adjust my communication to be able to connect with my wife because that's true love. True love is, is saying, okay, I'm in this for her. And when you have two people doing that, when, when I'm adjusting my communication to Tara and Tara's adjusting her communication to me, then you have total fulfillment. Most guys, they, they, they stop that, that chain. The, the gal will talk and the guy will hunt and grunt. And, <laughs> and so I'm just here to encourage men that, you know, if you really want to take your marriage to the next level, let's learn how to communicate. That's really the first thing that I see. Um, Michael, that most men just just have to say, you know what, I can do this. I there are guys who have done it, and I'm going to go to this. I'm going to go up that same mountain they went, and learn from them. You don't have to do it alone. That's community. We talked about that before our call. There's a community, and that's what we're building in the revolution. There's a community of people who are going in that same direction, who want a healthy marriage and want to connect with their wives. So there are men out there like us. <laughs> no, that's awesome. The uh you know, we, we've taught a lot of couples, like I said, we've used multiple, multiple programs and multiple, uh, just whatever was working. One of the things we've always taught couples is couch time where the guy has, when he comes in at the end of the day, and you're probably familiar with this guy comes at home at the end of the day, he doesn't talk to the kids. He sits down, he talks to the wife, doesn't have to be on the couch. That's just typically where a lot of that type of stuff happens. And the reason being is communication. Yeah. So so I do want to touch on something that I don't believe the church talks about enough. And I only, I only want to touch on it. Um, one of the things that I have found uh, that affects communication within the marriage is uh, whether, whether there is a, a decent intimate, intimate uh, life or whether there is not, because, you know, I've heard the choke quite often that, when women get mad at you, they just stop talking to you and they think that's punishing you. Whereas most men are like, I don't want to talk anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so that's not punishment. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, Score one for the home that's team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, they think they're punishing them and they're like, this isn't punishment. But yeah. so what we noticed though, is one of the very first things to go is sex in the marriage, which most definitely affects communication 
because yeah. once that goes, now the husband doesn't know what to say and the wife is holding. And, and a lot of times I'm not saying every time, but a lot right. of times it's either awkward or the wife is holding the husband ransom, so to speak. So, yeah. so in cases like that, have you found that, that increasing communication in all levels has helped fix that relationship? Yeah, absolutely. Because see, women are wired to, they want to have sex when they know they can connect with their man. Yeah. How do you connect with their man? Through communication. So that's, that's the very first thing we teach is the ability, the abilities, not just the, you know, like I said, I've taught a lot of this word love and trust and respect and honor and men are supposed to be leaders of the household. All that is really great stuff. But what we teach is the practical tools to be able to help men communicate at a level that will quote unquote, get them more sex. Yeah. You want the intimacy. The more intimacy that you have, we run actually a seven day sex challenge. Sometimes you should just do it, right? Yeah. Just, to be, just to be able to, and like, what we, like we also like to say, is that when you have sex with your wife, it's like warfare with the devil <laughs> yeah you are you are getting rid of demons because um you know which comes first communication or sex yes sometimes it's communication sometimes it's sex sometimes sex will open up that whole communication realm if you're having those difficulties and um, but uh, but if you don't know how to do that then guys can turn tend to get uncomfortable and they don't want to they they have to learn how to express themselves and what they're thinking and what they're feeling mm-hmm. and many guys stop there also because they get offended or there's just some things about them fear of rejection that that their wives are going to reject them if they're really brutally honest and can we go here real quick michael go for it and here is here's what most men do i've studied this <laughs> most men will hide and they will run to porn yep and when they run the porn that is for me that is cheating on our wives mm-hmm. because you're you're now taking your affection that should be directed towards your wife my wife and i'm directing it towards another woman mm-hmm. that is absolutely not how you're going to de- uh, develop a good connection and a good healthy sex life with with the person that god gave us right yeah he said i do for a reason God brought us together. Let no man separate. And so we have a commitment to her to say, you know what? I will remain faithful to you. And so, yeah, that's the big word, the big four-letter word, porn. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, it's interesting because because I interviewed Shane O'Neill, uh, who mm-hmm. is uh, the head of Proven Men. And Proven Men deals specifically with porn. And okay. what was interesting about what he said is almost right in line with what you're saying. But for one, I don't think sex is talked about enough in the churches. It's like this taboo subject. You want your kids to have a great marriage, then teach them what, what a godly relationship looks like in all aspects, not just the aspects that are convenient to talk about. Yeah. So, so you've got these guys in here, you know, and I think when it comes right down to it, men need to stop worrying so much about their testosterone levels and more about their communication levels. So, because they don't understand that, you know, they turn to porn because obviously porn doesn't say no, porn doesn't give you the cold shoulder, porn, you know, porn doesn't, porn doesn't make you sleep on the couch 
I mean, you know, so, so it's an easy, easy decision, but, but if they would just stop and realize that learning how to communicate with your wife is going to open the door of sex in ways that you never even imagined. It's a skill set that if you want more of that, you better learn more of this. Yes. So, (laughs) I mean, absolutely. And really, it's lazy men. They need to quit being lazy. Look, you married the woman. You said, till death do us part, for better or for worse. Well, here's some of your worst. Step it up, be a man, and do the work, which is exactly what Paul did, what Peter did, what Jesus did, what, I mean, go down the list. Yeah. So, yeah, and men just uh, just need to have a little encouragement to say, you know what, this is, um, you got this. You can yeah. le- require the skill set. Yep. And um, we don't do it for selfish reasons. We do it because, you know, true love is is learning to say, I am going to adjust and learn my communication because I love you. I sacrifice myself. I, I learned the skill set because it's what's best for us. And so, you know, I'm just here to encourage guys to be able to, you know what, we got this. And uh, we can have healthy marriage. And I love what you said. Um, as we show our parents or our kids uh, what a good healthy marriage is, you know, they're going to be stable, more emotionally. You know, just a, a real quick point is that I've uh, talked to so many couples. And, and when that relationship is dysfunctional, I know so many kids who just don't want to get married. Yeah. Because, yep. you know, the, the married couple is like – they're fighting, they're arguing, they're conflict, they're slamming doors, they're sleeping on couches, they're hugging the sides of the bed, and then you go to church and you go, hi, how are you? Great. Yeah. And the kids see right through it. Yep. And they say, I don't want any of that. And sadly, I talk to those kids too, and they're still single. And let me tell you a stat. The reason why the divorce rate is coming down a little bit is because millennials are saying no to marriage. Yeah. Because they're saying, I don't want any of that. If that's what a marriage is, no, I'm out. Yeah, if I understand correctly, birth rates are down too. Yeah. As a result. But uh anyway. So it's yeah. such it's such an easy fix too. And it's so easy. I mean, you know, and the only reason I, I, I brought it up was because what my wife and I found was, you know a healthy sexual relationship in the marriage is like the glue that holds the chair together. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, really, you know, they can talk about, okay, well, our communication sucks or our finances, we argue about finances or, 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 or when in truth, the first thing to go first thing that we have found almost every time is the sexual relationship gone. And then they wonder why everything else starts to fall apart. That closeness yeah. is gone. So no, that was great. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a, and that's a red flag for me. You know, I, I ask my couples, how often are you having sex? And they're like, they're brutal. I mean, they're like, man, you're brutal. Yeah. <laughs> let's just be straight. Let's, let's get the truth out. Let's just be truthful. Yeah. Because once, once the truth is exposed or once the lies are exposed, the truth comes in and there's so much freedom. So many guys are like, Chris, I just wish I would have done, done this like years ago. Yeah. And just, it's just hiding. It's like, just be real. You, okay, you're not getting along with your wife. Okay, cool. Let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. And no, you don't have to stop being a man. You don't have to be a woman. Let's just be human 
and have a conversation. Let's just be, let's address the issue. You know, we had a thing in corporate America that um, we would always write the problem on, the, on a grease board and we'd brainstorm ideas of how we're going to solve that problem. Men inherently are problem solvers. Unless it's like this, unless there's pain involved in their own life, then they're like, wow, you know, uh, and I was like this, right? At 10 years, I fell asleep. I get it. This is why I'm on a mission. This is why God's using me now to be able to, to express this. It's like, hey, I've been there, done that, and I bought the T-shirt to prove it. <laughs> so we just want to be able to help in that arena and, um, and to help people, guys, get, make that connection and be real and have honest communication. Because oh, that's what we want. Yeah, it is what women want. The, uh, the point that I forgot to make about Shane O'Neill, the mm. hardest thing that they have in churches with the programs that they've put together is actually getting men to show up. So they'll have a, a purity group or a, a, an overcoming porn type group in churches, but men won't show up because the men who really need it don't want to admit. Nobody knows, don't want to admit. And communication opens that up. Yeah. No, that's very well said. So what is it? What is the one thing? Okay. Every guy, every guy who thinks about what men are missing out on or what they need to really catch. What would you say the one thing is that you would really like to kind of, to kind of pound through men's skulls? Um, speak your truth. Be honest. Mm -hmm. Be honest with your wife. Be honest with your friends. Be honest. Just, what's going on what's really really happening um we just talked to a couple uh today and the the gal is uh is being honest but we talked to the guy first and the guy said well how on a scale of one to ten how are you guys doing on your communication how are you guys like relating are you trusting each other are you connecting and he says oh yeah yeah, we're good. Yeah, probably, probably nine. Yeah, a little room for improvement, but it's good. It's about a nine. And then you talk to the woman alone. Alone. We do this. Yeah. We, we like to get some people alone because of the fact that inherently many women, like that, that lady who grabbed my arm, yeah. they do confrontation. Yeah. They say, I don't want a one-headed monster. I don't want a two-headed monster. I already got a one-headed monster. If, if I actually tell him what's going on, then I have a two-headed monster. Well, you talk to the woman alone. Oh, we're a two or a three. We're, it's awful. In fact, if I could divorce this guy, I would. If I, if I knew that like, the Bible doesn't, say, doesn't teach that, and we're like, oh, my gosh. And that actually was a conversation today. And so my one thing for guys is just, you know, it is what it is. There's no shame. And admitting that, hey, we're two right now. We need yep. growth. Yep. Because there's more shame in living a life, 15 years, 20 years of buckling up your bootstraps into a marriage that's lifeless, a marriage where there's conflict and angst and hurt and, and all of that. And there's hugging the side of the mattress. No one's getting fed in that. Our kids see it. It's like, oh my gosh, just let's just be real. Let's just be honest. Let's just solve the problem and let's fix it. And let's have two couples who are just loving each other. There is, love, there is nothing greater for a, a society that has two, two people just absolutely just like head over heels over each other. 
like yeah. my wife and I. Yeah. People, people ask us, Chris, I want what you have. I want, I, I want that love. I want that loving relationship. And it looks like you guys are like, you guys are banging more than a screen door in a Midwestern. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Well, how can I have it? Well, you're gonna have to do what I did, then, bro. I Good had to work. face my. Yep. I had to face my demons. I had to realize and come to say, look, I need help. I I need a skill set. And so many people think it takes an intervention. Well, I'm going to have to go through um, this person and that person and healing and deliverance and all this stuff. And at this point in time, you just need to be able to learn how to communicate. Now, you may need all that stuff. Those are good things. But sometimes it's just a, a skill set, just like uh, yeah, your job or my job. We just, uh, yeah. just a skill set. Oh, that's awesome. 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 I appreciate it. Okay. Last question. Are you ready for the last question, Chris? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. What's the one thing you feel that the church needs to change today? This is an easy question for me because oh. it's, it's, uh, it's one of the things that the answer is unity. Mm -hmm. The answer is acceptance. I realize that we have different opinions, different personalities that interpret scripture differently. In fact, a friend of mine just posted something attacking another pastor who's a TV evangelist. I know this TV evangelist. I know his heart. I have met him. It's like, let's just, the, 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 let's keep a simple thing simple. And that is, let's love one another and let's pray for one another. But it's not to be so dogmatic to where we have to split, where we have to attack the church. We have to attack, attack other members. People who we know are going to heaven. The enemy is the devil. It's not other, partake, other churches, other people believe maybe something a little bit differently than you, but they're not the enemy. God wants us to love. Now, yes, there are boundaries and there are things that we've got. We don't want to sacrifice our core beliefs. Yep. But you can still get along with people who you don't believe in. Case in point, did you see the, uh, the picture going around between George Bush and Ellen DeGeneres? Uh, I didn't see the picture, but I heard about it on a on yeah. another show, yeah. And that is a beautiful, you know, you have a, a Christian conservative man and a liberal um, woman who obviously believes in different things, and she's... Uh, committed homosexual, right? Yeah. But they were still able to get along. I'm like, that's unity. It's yeah. still love. You know, George isn't, Mr. Bush isn't going to change his belief system for her, and she's not going to change his, her belief system for him, but they can still at least get along. So the one thing that I would love for the church to be able to do is to be able to have more unity and uh, more fellowship with, even if they're different denominations, they're still, we're all on the same team right? We're all on the same team. We're all going to heaven. So all these, uh, the dogmatic rules that we have that separate us, that pits this congregation against that congregation, you know, it's like what I talked about, or the, the kids see the parents. Well, the unbelievers are seeing this. Yeah. And they say, man, if that's, if that's what Christianity is, 
It looks like a lot more like hate than Christianity. I'm out. Yeah. No. The whole, uh, when I first started The Sedated Man, uh, it was very much along the same lines. You know, I mean, I'm very much, I don't have a problem with somebody being right and somebody being wrong. And I don't have a problem with people having those conversations. I think men especially need to have those conversations. However, there's been such division created amongst faith-based men Mm -hmm. that they can't seem to have the conversation or a conversation without screaming at each other and never talking again. Whereas I would love to see the whole idea was I wanted to create a venue where men could come together of different denominations. Mm. They could come together. They could have hard conversations. They could even scream. They could even scream at each other because screaming isn't always anger. A lot. Sometimes it's passion. Yeah. And men need to use that passion. They need to get that out. But when the conversation is done, we all the the men need to be big enough to shake hands and remain friends. Yes. Absolutely be able to adamantly disagree, but still respect the other person's opinion. You know, and I mean, and you're right when you talked earlier about Jesus, you know, Jesus ate with the tax gatherers and the sinners. And how else was he supposed to get to them? Yeah. Uh, You know, he outside of having a relationship with some of them, not that he hung out with them and did the things they did. Yeah but he was available to them right. and they knew he was available and they knew he was non-judgmental. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you bring an interesting topic is that a lot of times these, why, why people don't get along and why a lot of what happens in a lot of marriages is that we have a saying opposites attract and then they attack. <laughs> and when you don't understand how another person's wired, like if you don't understand where a, a person disagrees with you, how they're wired and how they interpret things, you don't respect that. Right. And so when you don't respect something, then that's going to be a, it's going to be hard to embrace them and to love them the way that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for the church. Yep. So, um, yeah. No, that's great. Opposites attract and then they attack. I haven't heard that one. I had to write it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually from Dr. Rome. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I don't, don't, don't claim that one. That's Dr. Rome. He has that <laughs> in one of his books. It's a great man. Um, that's a, a great opportunity to be mentored. That is awesome. All right, Chris. So where can people find you if they want to talk to you? Well, if they want to talk to me, just uh, go to the themarriagerevolution.com. Themarriagerevolution.com. You'll be able to see me and my wife and probably what we do. There'll be a phone number. That's my phone number. There'll be our email address. So uh, just reach out to us there and um, build all my contact information. And I'd love to hear from someone, especially, you know, if you, if you want to increase your communication abilities and uh, being able to relate to your wife and, you know, just have a healthy, you know, marriage where, you know, we have a saying in ours as well. And we've done some research. Most couples, they have struggles in year one, mm-hmm. year eight through 10 is another time for a divorce. And then when they're empty nesters. And the reason is, is that we are, we're similar. When we, when we first get married, we're all connected to our similarities. But then as the years go by, we become complacent like me. And our opposites are now highlighted. And so now it's, we want to be able to help people understand those opposites. And there is a reason. We tell people, go back. Right. The reason why they were married. And so go back to that feeling. Now let's just see how we're opposite and uh, learn how to communicate. So uh, yeah, go to the marriagerevolution.com and uh, check us out. 
and check me out and we'll love to connect. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, Chris. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. So anybody who's watching this, you're either watching on Facebook or YouTube. You can also find us on any podcast platform. And if you're listening on podcast platform, you can obviously find us on YouTube and Facebook. We're also on Instagram. Or you can contact me directly at Mike at the sedatedman.com. That's Mike at the sedatedman.com. And of course, the show notes are always on patreon.com slash the sedated man. Thanks again, Chris. And everybody have a great night. Hey, thanks for having me.